Hello everyone and welcome back to the Emotionally Intelligent Parenting Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pinto. I'm a mum of two, a best-selling author, a speaker, a coach on all things emotionally intelligent parenting. <laughs> and I'm really glad you're here today. This is going to be a great one. First, I just want to acknowledge the Darug Nation, who are the traditional custodians of the land on which I live, work and record this podcast. I pay my respects to all First Nations people elders and ancestors and I acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and I stand in solidarity towards a shared future. Okay let's get into the episode. So I've actually got a couple of stories for you guys today. They are stories from my own home. They're actually a couple of years old. I want to say about 18 months, maybe two years old and I my I feel like sometimes my brain is a bit of a sieve. I don't know if you guys feel like that sometimes is that a parent thing anyway so I have been creating almost like a bank of stories partly for my own um, I guess memory like I want to remember these young years with the kids I don't want to just kind of wade through it you know getting through each day and then my head hits the pillow and I think oh I'm exhausted you know tomorrow's another day so I want to remember funny crazy stressful um, strange weird moments (laughs) but I also I also know that some of these stories are actually, when I think about it, they're actually really powerful stories of dealing with kids with big emotions and sometimes really challenging behavior um, and yeah, difficult situations. And I think it might help just to kind of, you know, shed light on how we can deal with situations, how we can see our kids a bit differently sometimes. Um, And I know you will, oh man, I so know that even though we have different kids, you know, I have my two kids, now they're six and nine, you know, you have different children, but I know that we have common threads. I was going to say similar, <laughs> common. Um, we have similar threads, you know, throughout families and and in our parenting journey. So let me tell you um, a little bit about these two stories. It's actually one is from my son, one is from my daughter <laughs> or involving Um, But I think, yeah, it's going to help to know how do we deal with sometimes what we see as like unreasonable behavior um, or unreasonable demands or big, ridiculous emotions um, and things like that. Stuff that really tests us. And I get a lot of questions from parents um, online and, and in my coaching saying, how do I deal with this? What should I do? Should I have done this? Was I too harsh? Is this being too permissive if I, you know, do that? So, you know, sometimes we wonder, should I allow my child to act like this Um, or not? And, you know, if you guys have followed me for a little while, if you are maybe um, in the Facebook group, if you're on my Instagram, um, maybe, you know, have heard some other podcast episodes, you know, you'll kind of know that um, an emotionally intelligent approach is very different to what we kind of call the traditional parenting approach it's quite you know that is quite behaviorist Um, it is quite focused on you know compliance obedience kids don't have a say they shouldn't be seen not heard Um, emotions are bad you know we won't go into it but so this is kind of a a big twist on that obviously you know where my parenting is now very different to what it was before I learned about emotional intelligence so the first story I'm going to tell you was about my youngest. And so at the time she would have been, I'm guessing, around four-ish. She was definitely in preschool. And one afternoon 
we were heading to my mum's place because she had been looking after her for the day as she did I think you know one two days a week kind of thing Um, and my son had swimming lessons after school so we were going to go to swimming lessons after school with him me and him and then we would go on to my mum's place to pick up my youngest so unfortunately on this day I remember there had been a massive hailstorm within the last week or so um, as like when this happened so the swimming lessons were all cancelled it actually ended up being cancelled for like a couple of weeks because they had huge holes in their you know tin roof basically of the swimming centre so the swimming lesson was cancelled and so I said to my son you know what let's just go on to Grand's um, you know we're kind of here now oh well didn't see the email let's just keep driving <laughs> and we'll go and get your sister so long story short we got there and we were there earlier than planned obviously like an hour early basically and so usually my daughter would have had some time to you know she would have been there all day played you know, had lunch had some afternoon tea um, you know sometimes I go out to the park in the afternoon things like that when we got there almost within like minutes all hell broke loose <laughs> so my daughter um, I think she answered the door from memory and as soon as she saw me she looked confused and a bit taken aback and then she ran off and as we came in I was like mm, that's weird you know I thought she might be like mommy you're early <laughs> no <laughs> ran off and then a few minutes later came back and um, started basically yelling go home you shouldn't be here um, don't come go home like all of this you know essentially yelling at us to get out and I was like oh like for a second I was like what like caught off guard right as much as emotional intelligence is kind of usually my, my go-to my at the forefront of my brain, I remember that time thinking, what? Like, ah, oh, you know, what, what, what's going on sort of thing. So it didn't take me long. Thank goodness. Like my mom is so beautiful. She, she, I think she probably took my son outside. She's like, come on, you know, let's go and have a look at the garden. I don't know. <laughs> and so she lets me do my thing. And I remember just waiting and sitting there on like on the carpet in the lounge room whilst my daughter was, you know, saying go away out you shouldn't be here you know leave basically and I started to go okay she is she is you know overwhelmed she is beside herself she is like this situation is eclipsing her ability to you know be regulated and calm and use her words and tell me what is going on and so in that moment luckily I didn't and it would have been really easy to be like I am here to pick you up And you have had a great day and I've been at work all day. I don't need this. Why are you being so ridiculous? You know, you're being rude. Stop it. You know, get in the car now. That would have been way too easy to do. Um, And so luckily I waited and I was quiet. And, you know, I have this kind of, we we talk about co-regulating with our kids, right? When they're in a really emotionally heightened or dysregulated sort of state. And so I kept myself calm as much as possible. I'm not saying this is always easy. But I remember kneeling down, I was kind of plopping down, kneeling down, and I kind of have a bit of an open posture and I was looking her with this looking at her with this facial expression of like, whoa, you are so not okay right now. Like something's going on. This is really hard. And so I said, You don't want I I basically, um, as best as my memory serves me, I 
validated back to her that she was not okay with us being there and she didn't want us there. She wanted us to leave and she was not okay about it. And I was like, um, maybe I said, you know, I wonder why or what's going on. You don't want us here. And then I like through the stomping and, and everything. And I, again, I was waiting, like she was not, you know, lashing out physically. That would have been another, another, you know, story, but she was just really, really upset saying get out. And so I waited, she wasn't ready for hugs or anything. Um, and I remember it was like, I don't know, 15 minutes. Well, maybe it was, maybe it felt like that, but it was a long time that she was stomping and she was, you know, looking at me really, really mean, really upset, you know, really mad. And I twigged at some point that I thought, oh, we're too early. Like that can be the only thing because my mum had not texted us during the day, like texted me during the day saying, oh, you know, she's had a bad day or she's upset or anything. So nothing until we came. So I remember saying something like, we're too early. You know, this is the wrong time. And she was like, yes, you're too early. Like she, even at four, she would have known that there was this time of day, like a bit later that we should have come. She should have had more time. Um, Maybe even, maybe even my mum had said to her, oh, honey, you know, mum and your brother are coming earlier. Swimming's cancelled. They're on their way. I don't know. Um, And so... Either way, she was not okay. She was caught off guard. She was not ready for the transition, you know, to leave Gran, who she loves with all her heart, and to come home. So I waited and I I held myself, you know, my body language, my facial expression. I was very intentional about it. Um, not to, you know, do the ugh and the eye roll and the, you know, you know that short tone that we have when we're really annoyed at our kids. Um, luckily I didn't have anywhere to be and so again that might have been a difference it would have had to have been a different story if I thought oh my goodness we have to you know we've got somewhere to be and how would I have dealt with that well that's another story as well you know but in this situation I I think something that really I want to get across to you guys is that when a child is so upset and seemingly unreasonably upset over maybe a minor thing or something that's, you know, silly in our eyes, we have to get out of our own brain and our own body and think, what is going on for my child and why? Like something has, you know, something has um, has gone wrong and something is different and something is not how it should be in their eyes. And so we always talk about there is no point in ever trying to invalidate or or challenge someone's experience or, or point of view or emotional state. You can't say you're feeling wrong about this and you shouldn't be so blah, blah, blah. Like that has never helped in the situation of the, the history of situations. Right. Um, so we have to just accept you don't have to agree like I didn't have to agree with my daughter that yes we were too early and how dare we come early after swimming was cancelled <laughs> you know so we don't have to agree but we can accept that she's not okay and she needs time to get her head around this and regulate and calm down so I might have said a few things we're too early um, you know you're not happy with this and just waited I wouldn't have said a lot there's very very rarely do we does it ever help to say a lot and explain and rationalize when a child is in that heightened state it it's like the worst thing we can do sometimes (laughs) think about if you've had a really awful day where everything that could go wrong did go wrong and then your partner 
when you come home is like, well, no, 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 why didn't you do that? And you know what? I think you should write the email to your boss. Like, you'd be like, just like, stop. Just let me be in my, you know, flamey, fiery um, state. Anyway, so eventually, of course, she did calm down. I remember um, like kind of beckoning or, or opening up for a hug and she came over a couple of times. This happened a couple of times. She kind of came over and then she pulled back and I was like, in my head, you're not ready. And that's okay. I wasn't like, gosh, I'm not going to wait here forever. You know, hurry up. What do you think this is? You know, I'm not your, um, I don't know, slave, <laughs> but, um, but I was okay with her not being ready. So I think unfortunately, as adults, we often forget or, or we just don't even know. We forget that our child is really doing the best that they can with the brain that they have. And I'll often like tack onto the end of that. And it's not a very good brain. <laughs> it's still under construction, right? The brain is still developing to the mid to late 20s. That is years away from my kids. And think about your own kids, right? How many years is that away? Even if you have a 14-year-old, even if, you've a, if you have an 18-year-old, it, like it just really, I think, closes that expectation gap when we realize, oh my goodness, no, my child is not supposed to be able to manage their emotions. They're not supposed to be able to, you know, work this out and, and handle it maturely. They're really not. And we punish them for it. We... We shame them, we yell, we take things away from them, we try to teach them a lesson. Uh, and we're actually just punishing our kids for learning because whenever we learn something, we make mistakes, right? We get it wrong. Learning isn't like, oh, I'm going to try and learn how to do something. Wow, I did it perfectly first time. Rarely does that ever happen, right? Think about how, how we learn to drive a car, how we learn to read how we learn to ride a bike, how we learn language. There are so many mistakes we make, like a bajillion. And no one, hopefully, is punishing us when we read that word wrong or we stumble off our bike, right? There's a lot of mistakes in learning and our kids are learning to manage their emotions. They're learning how to problem solve. They're learning how to perspective take. They're learning how to, how to cultivate empathy and care about someone else in the moment more than their own needs. <laughs> They're learning how to do all of this. And it's really hard. It's really complex, especially for the young kids. So let me tell you my other story. This is uh, when my son had, he had had a bunk bed because he loved one and our in-laws had um, purchased one for him off like the Facebook marketplace, I think it was. So, you know, it wasn't new, but it was a great, a great nice bunk bed. And for several weeks he loved it. And then it was really hard for me and my husband to like get up to the top where he was sleeping and we couldn't get in, we couldn't snuggle with him. We couldn't like comfortably get in and read him books and things like that. Again, this is like a few years ago. And um, my dad, bless him as well, he moved the fan uh, he's a builder and a carpenter. So he moved the fan to towards the corner of the room so that it wasn't a danger, <laughs> like a, a, like a, a risk. And so after several weeks, my son was complaining. He was really unhappy about his having a bunk bed and he wanted his old bed back. And by that time we had given it to his cousin who needed a bigger bed. And I was like, Oh my God. So we had to have a conversation that we cannot get the old bed back you know, um, and 
we've just got this new bed and anyway so who that was you know that was tough then um at some point we he really like he kept going on about it we kept having conversations you know we didn't just give in straight away a lot of people think oh um, you know emotionally intelligent parenting or respectful parenting is just permissive no it isn't <laughs> we don't go sure you want a bunk bed we'll buy one bam sure you don't want it anymore we'll get rid of it like no um so anyway eventually we did so we sold again the bunk bed and we got him a normal you know a normal single kids bed so that that was a thing and again we like we understood that at the time i don't know what was he six or seven so we we understood that he's not going to be able to make um informed lifelong decisions at that age he's going to flip-flop right he, he that that's how his brain is working that's where he's at so um after a little while <laughs> i can't remember how long this was but i was tucking him in one night and he he had had a long day so he was exhausted and we know that kids kind of batteries you know are really uh, drained at the end of the day not just physically but emotionally and mentally and energetically and he began begging for his um bunk bed back <laughs> and i was like are we really doing this in my head in my head <laughs> I was like, oh my God, meltdown, you know, tears, snotty nose. He really wanted his, he was saying, it's not fair. I want it. I want you to get me another bed. Like, you know, it, it was seemingly on the surface, really unreasonable. I mean, it is unreasonable, but, but my point is when I say on the surface level, how easy would it be for, for me to experience that and forget all the stuff that I have learned about child development, neuroscience and everything and go, you ungrateful little brat, you know, you think that we're going to spend hundreds of dollars on a new bed. Like, what do you think we are made of money? Um, we, you know, you're being so ridiculous. You're being ungrateful, like yada, 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 yada. I could, yeah, I totally could have done that. And if you would have caught me maybe on a really stressful day where my, I had lots under my iceberg, maybe I would have done that right? I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm human. So my point is on that night, I didn't, I didn't use all of my adult logic, which was the whole, Hey, you begged us to go back to a normal bed. You didn't remember. You didn't like how we could not tuck you in and sleep with you and snuggle you and get in there and read books. You know, we bought and sold a bed for you. Like, what do you want me to do? Get on Facebook right now and look for one. I didn't use all of that logic that sometimes we do as adults to kind of corner our kids, right? I did not do that. So instead, what I said was something along the lines of, wow, you are really upset. You really want that bed and you do not like this bed. You don't want it anymore. And what that got me was for him to really feel like he understood Sorry, I understood how he felt. And like I wasn't saying you're making a big deal. I was validating that he was not okay and that he wanted something he didn't have and that he was having a tough time dealing with those emotions. You know, the, the regret, maybe the, the disappointment, um, the frustration and things like that. So I was communicating to him with, again, my facial expression, like this was in the dark, but my body language, you know, 
sitting next to him at his level, still kind of I would have been like patting him or stroking him or something, saying, oh, you are not okay with this and you do not want this bed. Like, that sucks, you know. And I probably also would have said, I know, but we can't get you a bed right now. At least not right now. No, you know, we've just we've just gotten this other one, whatever. So when our kids are, you know, melting down, when they have those big emotions, when they are being what we could see as ridiculous or unreasonable, you know, we have to look beneath the surface at what else is going on. Like I said, you know, for my daughter and for my son, it was the end of the day and they were they were tired and the, the um, unexpected kind of thing of me turning up to my um, my mum's house that time, you know, all of these things that just our kids cannot, they're not wired yet to handle. At the best of times, me, a fully grown adult, if I'm caught off guard, if I get a text message or an email or if I've realized I've forgotten something and I need to jump in the car, I'm frazzled. I'm stressed and I'm probably snippy and snappy with the, with whoever's on the phone with me, <laughs> you know, and I make bad decisions. I think, oh my God, I've just left my keys in the car and in the house and I've got to run back. Like it is hard. You know, our brains are not perfectly wired little machines. And so with kids, I just want us to have a little bit more patience and compassion because we experience the exact same feelings as they do. It might not be around the same issues and problems but we can still empathize with the frustration or the disappointment or the anger or the hurt or the anxiety and the fear right so I, I just want you guys to like keep in in the front of your brain my child is not meant to be able to deal with their emotions maturely they're not meant to be able to do it yet and in in any learning there is mistakes and this here is my kid kind of essentially making a mistake like, as in they're getting it wrong, you know, they're not doing it right. They're not doing it properly. They're not, they haven't got a good handle on it yet. They're still learning the ropes. That whole mentality. It's the same as anything I said, reading a, um, reading a book, uh, learning how to write, learning how to read, learning how to ride a bike, learning a language, any, any skill, managing emotions, regulating emotions. That is just the same. It takes time for our kids to learn and hone and cultivate and improve. You know, they're going to get good at it. Unfortunately, these kind of skills take many, many years. It's very, it's much faster to read. It's much faster to learn how to walk or ride a bike. Sorry, emotional regulation takes years. They don't tell us that before we have kids. <laughs> maybe for a good reason. I don't know. So... Um, a takeaway maybe is I want you to reflect on, I, I just love this quote um, and I, I've kind of thought about it for a long time and, and you know, um, edited it and kind of chopped and changed it a little bit. But something I come back to is stop punishing your child for the brain skills that they don't yet have, right? Because they're using the brain they've been dealt and the body the brain and the body, like they've been dealt with an immature, developing, still under construction, um, body and brain. We can't hold that against them. <laughs> That's, we, we just cannot hold that against them. Right. And I think the last thing is you've got to trust that with your guidance and your support and your, your parenting, your child 
and their skills, like their emotional regulation skills and problem solving and frustration tolerance and all of that, those skills will evolve. They will not be like this in 10 years or even in one year. There is so much development and growth that happens every day, every week, but even in a year, if you think, oh my God, my child, you know, my child's melting down in the middle of the night about the bunk bed that we just bought and sold and bought, like he is not, if I allow him to express these emotions, hold my boundaries, but allow him to crumble and to mess up and be messy and not get it right and, and you know, be unreasonable, but still hold my boundaries, he's not learning that I can just put it on and I'll get what I want whenever I want. No. You know, he's having a, let's say he was like six or seven at the time. He's having a six or seven year old moment and he's allowed to because he's meant to. So I want you guys to, yeah, I hope that, I hope that makes sense. I hope that kind of just gives you some interesting thoughts to reflect on after this episode. I would love to hear your comments. Um, You can always reach me on any of the social platforms. They're down below. All the links are below in the show notes, Um, or you can send us an email and yeah, I would love to hear your questions as well, because we're getting to some of those. We're getting to questions, Q and A's on the podcast, and we're getting to some pretty super cool guests as well. So please stay tuned for those. Just last thing before we jump off in February, we are starting the next round of Chaos to Connection. So that's my three month parenting program. It's a small group parent program. So you are jumping on live with me every week on Zoom and we go through a lot of the challenges and wonderful moments of raising kids who may have, you know, big emotions, challenging behaviors and how we can really best support them and kind of bring that calm and connection back to the home using emotional intelligence, of course. So if you are interested in that, when you join in to the program, you will get a free copy of my book from Chaos to Connection. You'll get oodles of resources and downloads and checklists and cheat sheets and additional resources. And of course, a um, access to a private exclusive Facebook group just for us in this three months. So if you want to dive into this stuff and you are ready to like both feet sort of thing, please, please reach out. We still have some spaces available. And also there's always an option. If the dates and the times and things don't work, then you can do it in a self-paced way, self-paced online with videos, and you can learn in your own time, which is awesome. So please reach out. Uh, Like I said, our links are below in the show notes, or you can just email to hello at stephaniepinto.com. And I would love to see some of you guys there. All right, take care and have a great week and I'll see you guys next time.